Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. It's that time again, Geek Blockheads. Turn a political mumbo jumbo. And let's talk about what really matters. For one, the Assassin's Creed movie comes out in a month, which I cannot wait for. And also, I've got a great host on the show, a great guest on the show today. So settle in for the Geek Block. I'm your host, Carla Hope. And whatever wonderful seedling or pollen-esque type alien matter is in the air has affected my voice. Um, at any moment, I could be Kathleen Turner, Cookie Monster, or Barry White. I don't know. So we're just hoping for the best. Let's just all hang in there together. Okay, I met today's guest about five years ago at a writing uh, conference, and we have continually bumped into each other year after year. And so before I knew her name, I knew her face, and we kind of knew each other. And I remembered the other day, which she does not deny, that we were both in a Facebook group of people who would get up early to write, which sounds kind of strange. But when you get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, it's good to have somebody to answer to. And so we would, on Facebook, just say, up, or checking in, or writing. And this, this wonderful lady was in that group. And she was a lot better than I, I was at it. I remember her being up, up and writing, God bless you. And there I was just <laughs> grumbling with sucking down coffee. She wears several hats, including editor, uh, she corrected me recently that Tornadoes does, in fact, end in ES, which is ridiculous. It doesn't, I mean, that's just a waste of an E. You don't need She is also a wonderful social media marketer, uh, manager, and and most recently, she put on the author hat. My name is Raylene Burke. How are you today, ma'am? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me, Carla. Okay, I always start out uh, asking folks how they can find you on social media, and how can we do that? Well, if you look up Raylene Burke, you'll find me just about everywhere. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. <laughs> oh my gosh, I only understood about half of that. I am so I I. It's not the media part. I love the media part. It's that social part that I really struggle with. If you're looking up her name, it's R A L E N E B U R K E. Okay, on your site, if you go to Raylene's site, you will find several tabs. And I mentioned this a minute ago with her hats. One is about you as an editor. Now, when uh, for our guests who are just now becoming uh, acquainted with writing, they think an editor is just someone who goes through and makes sure that your verbs agree and maybe you have it in the right place. But there are lots of levels to editing. Tell folks what different levels of editing you offer. Okay, well, um, I offer all levels of editing generally. Um, you have the substantive edit, which focuses more on um, plot and character and um, making sure that you're keeping the pace of the novel um, and stuff like that. Um, Copy editing deals a little bit more with what we call the pugs, punctuation, punctuation, usage, grammar, and style. And then you have proofreading, which comes at the very last, where everything is absolutely perfect, and somebody just goes over it to make sure um, there's no commas missing or or uh, 
period out of place. And, uh, editors, um, keep going, keep going. Anything else? Oh, no, I was just saying that that's about it. <laughs> editors are the heroes of writing. And if you don't write, you don't understand that. It reminds me, it makes me think of when you see uh, movie stars walk down the red carpet and you hear people talk about, oh, look at her arms, how great she looks. Oh, look at her waist. Oh, look who that fits. Okay, editors are the personal trainers. They are the personal trainers of those celebrities <laughs> that make their arms look good. They make writers look good. They make sure the dress fits. They make sure everything is taken in and shows off what is best about the author. And I have always said editors, they definitely need to be on the cover. And most of the time, a lot of the time they are less and less. And I think an editor's name needs to be on the cover because folks look and you have an editor. They don't just go through and look for periods and comments. They are the person that says, hey, on page and has blue eyes on page six on brown eye in the middle of the forehead you need to fix that editors are the heroes and here's my question Raylene do you edit your own work oh absolutely not no, no. <laughs> engine <laughs> every writer why not has tell what folks why that's hard <laughs> every writer has what we call a blind eye when it comes to their work because we know what it should say, and we know, yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we've gone over it so many times that we stopped seeing the mistakes. We stopped because in our heads, in the back of our mind, we already know everything. So exactly. we stopped seeing the mistakes, and so they, we need editors ourselves to pick up those mistakes. Um, I have a, a nasty habit, and people have caught me on my blog before contacted me, which I, I appreciate. In any other walk of life, if somebody calls you and says, hey, I want you to know you stapled wrong, they might get irritated. But as a writer, that's for the course, and you appreciate those people. I hear what I'm saying in my head versus seeing the words, and so I may write N-O for no. It happens all the time. Um, mm -hmm. I have, yep. yep T-O for T-W-O. And so people catch that for me, and I'm very thankful for that. Okay, what mistakes do you, you see as an editor that writers make again and again and again? I'm sorry, what was that question, Carla? Mistakes do you see writers making over and over? One thing that you think, yep, I something for somebody. I'm probably going to see this. What do you? What is that? <laughs> Um, there are a few. <laughs> um, one thing um, that tends to bug me um, is there's a structure when we write um, where we use the ing, the ing verbs, and we say something like mm -hmm. sitting on the couch. She would uh, she watch TV or something like that. And right. that structure implies two things that are done simultaneously. So of course, right. if you're sitting on if you're sitting on the couch and you watch TV, you you can do those simultaneously. But you have things like people saying like uh, running across the room, she opened the door, 
<laughs> well, when you're ready to That's true, you don't think about that. And it's like and you said, a writer I, gets a blind date. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and we're like, yeah, and writers were like, well, of course, she ran across the door, and then or she ran across the room, and then she opened the door. Well, that's not what she wrote. That's right. So, I that's can right. a lot. And it makes for some funny pictures, mental images. <laughs> I I have a problem with commas. I am I call myself a comma kazi because I'm terrible with them and my commas send me down in flames. What should I keep in mind with commas? When I'm in doubt, don't fix them. <laughs> um. <laughs> That's um, true. That's true. Okay. Well, yes, the I, next. I, 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 the sorry, next Carol. tab Go over. Ahead. That's okay. No, no, that's okay. We got a time delay. It's okay. On my next tab over on your website, I'm seeing social media marketing. Okay, for people who are computer Amish like me, what is social media marketing? Well, marketing is. Uh, social media marketing is basically just marketing whatever product you have, be it a book or uh, a cup or, you know, whatever, um, via social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, places like that. And so how do you – keep going, keep going. Okay, it's a strategy in and of itself that is separate from regular marketing because social media is social, so it comes from a different point of view than uh, TV marketing or magazine marketing or places like that. How do you help uh, authors who, like me, kind of get overwhelmed by the whole social media thing? I, and I can't, part of that I blame on being an introvert, which is not the same as being shy. But I do get overwhelmed at the presence of people. And sometimes when I go on social media and I try to market myself, I just see the hordes of people. And so what advice do you have for people who really struggle with that? Well, first of all, let me start by saying that I'm an introvert as well. I know. And I <laughs> so I can definitely say that uh, it doesn't matter if you're an extrovert or an introvert. You can still do social media. Good. Um, no, <laughs> normally when I help authors, I um, have them step back and think, you know, think about questions like, why am I on social media? What is my goal in being on social media? And I don't mean your personal profile, like your friends and family. I'm talking your author page, right. your professional Twitter, that kind of stuff. And... Um, with the when you step back and you think about your goals and what you want to do on social media, it helps to give you a focus. It gives you a path that you can follow. And when part of what we've talked about is what kind of commitment you can give to social media, because experts will sit there and say, "Oh, you need to post on Facebook three times a day. You need to sub, you know." post on Twitter 10 times a day, you know, Instagram at least two or three times a day, you know, and, and that's all well and good, but when it, when you're feeling overwhelmed, then that just overwhelms you even more. 
Um, I right. usually tell authors to start with one or two social media platforms because it's better to do one or two well than to overwhelm yourself by trying to be everywhere. Right. And uh, that really usually, yeah, really, really usually helps. And when you combine your goals and what you want to do on social media with your target audience, who they are and what they're looking for, then you can start to build a strategy that does not overwhelm you as a person uh, be, being an introvert or whatever, or just being a busy person who can't commit to tons of things. Um, and then uh, be able to be both engaging to your target audience while not overwhelming yourself. Is there one that you prefer? Is there a platform you personally prefer? Um, I don't know. I think I kind of prefer Twitter um, just because engagement is more immediate usually. So you start yeah, seeing true. results quicker. Right. Um, and I'm a results-oriented type of person, so um, mm-hmm. that helps me. Um, overall, I still like Facebook, too, because it offers a lot of variety of posts and what you're able to do with it and um the Facebook is still the biggest social media platform. So unless you're writing like YA, it's still kind of the place to be. Is it I that's what I was about to ask you. If you are a YA person, which if you're an act if you're a writer, you understand YA means basically 17 to 35. <laughs> but YA a whole lot of the time is true. You know, you kind of think, okay, I want my 13 to, to 17 year old. Are they on Facebook? Or are or are they on Snapchat and Instagram? I mean, where are they? That's the thing. Um, they are not on Facebook as much as they used to be because that's where their mom and dad are. Their mom and dad is, and they don't want mom and dad to see everything. So How dare they? They, they know, right? They're trying to be sneaky. Like we don't know where they go. Right. And um, but yeah, they you will find them more on um, Snapchat and Instagram because it's all about pictures, and so they have their selfies and all that lovely stuff. But you know, they also can fangirl the hardest. So oh, they will true. find their authors on Instagram, and they will find right. their authors on Snapchat. Or even Twitter is still pretty popular with them. Um, okay. Okay. So, All right. Now, what the last tab I'm looking at here is virtual assistant. Dear heavens, first of all, I don't know how you are doing all this. I'm I'm permanently convinced that you have an extra hour in the day that nobody else is getting. I don't know where that hour fits in, but I don't understand because you homeschool too, and I don't I don't get it. Tell folk, folks what a virtual assistant is. Well, first of all, I'll say right now, I don't actually have, I don't actually have any clients that are, that go under the virtual assistant. Well, I guess mm-hmm. Davis would, but anyway, um, I can only take one or two of those at a time. And a virtual assistant is just somebody who 
handled everything else for you so you can focus on whatever it is you do. If you're an author, so you can focus on writing. They would handle emails, social media if you do it. Uh, They would arrange, you know, know, travel if you're – I mean, it's basically like a secretary in real life. But who doesn't need virtual assistant? Who does not? <laughs> who out there? I don't care who you are. Everybody needs a virtual assistant. Okay. I need a you virtual assistant. You must be the most, no kidding. You must be the most organized person in the world. Do you have um, hours where you handle different things at different times? Because in the midst of all this, you've written a book, which I promise I'm about to get to. I just want to make sure people understand all the stuff you do, you're a fantastic editor too. So I really wanted to push that. But in the midst of all this, you're writing. So how do you keep your time organized? Well, truth is I don't, but oh, thank I you. Do have thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, like I do have an ideal schedule, and mm-hmm. the morning and early afternoon goes to homeschooling. And that's when we do all of our stuff, and I try to throw cleaning in there, too. Um, mm-hmm. And then mid-afternoon, about 3 o'clock, and we hang up, I hang up the homeschool hat, and I put on my writer hat. And I start working on whatever my current project is or a blog post, stuff like that, until um, about dinner time. And then after dinner, I put on my everything else hat <laughs> and wow. I usually try to get any social media stuff, any, um, uh, any realm maker stuff. Cause I'm the marketing director right. for realm makers. I know. Um, <laughs> any ACFW stuff out of the way. And then I spend the rest of the evening editing for clients. Dear. Okay. I have, I'm secure in myself. And so I have no problem saying that you are a superior human to me. If the aliens are listening, go for Raylene. (laughs) She's the one you want, not me. I will disappoint you. Okay. Now, again, in the midst of this, you wrote a book. Tell listeners about your book. Well, the title is Bellamock. Bellamock is a fantasy about a, um, down on his luck pastor who has pretty much given up on God and is ready to throw in the towel when this mysterious blonde woman shows up and tries to convince him that fairy tales exist. And like any other normal human being, he thinks she's not. Um, but due to circumstances, like demons breaking into his home, he follows them to the island of Bellinock, where he is supposedly some kind of savior. Again, he thinks everybody's nuts. And uh, so the rest of the story is about his journey there on Bellinock uh, to try to save the island from a bunch of demons before the last innocence on earth is destroyed. Okay, so does it take it takes place in two realms, correct? The current modern day time and then the other realm, or is this all in the same place? Um, kind of both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Technically, Bellinock is kind of a pocket realm inside okay. our time. Okay. So they have a t- their timeline is the same as ours. 
but they are protected from our world. And so, like, we don't know it exists. Okay. So. Okay. Um, listeners, if you're just now tuning in, this is the Geek Block. I'm talking to Raylene Burke, and you may have heard the word realm, which, if you're not a geek, may not understand. A realm is not a planet. It's a time and place within our time and place that we just can't see. Think of it as the Earth's intercore. Imagine there's just something in there that's going on in the same time and place, and we just happen to not be able to see it. Okay, are you giving too much away if you tell folks how they travel between realms? No, no. Um, well, see, the thing is that Zelenok is technically Eden. Oh. Um, and God took Eden, um, excuse me, God took Eden and put it in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle um, to protect all of the creatures that we now think of as myth and legend, unicorns, dragons, centaurs, fairies. And so it is guarded like it is in the Bible. It is guarded by the spinning sword and the two angels. And so there's generally not travel between the two realms. Um, But in this case, uh, the demons, I don't want to say defeated, but they temporarily took over and, uh, and down, they down the sword and they all, they broke into the island. Um, the, the way that, the way that, uh, Fauna, the fairy queen, who's the other main character in the story, the way that she travels is by using her magic, um, she just is able to basically go poof from Bellinock to the mainland. But the longer that she is away from Bellinock, the weaker her magic gets. So on the way back, they kind of have to find a different, different way to get back. Very good. That is a law of writing. People, if you are looking at writing a fantasy novel and you have fairies, elves, and the whatnot, and they possess magical powers, there's always got to be a repercussion for it. Always. That's just how it works. That's just life in the fantasy world. Now, this actually didn't start out as an actual book, did it? Um, Well, technically it did, but after talking with my agent, we decided to split it into four parts and um, publish them as novelettes. Okay, that's what I meant. Novelettes. Okay, great. (laughs) I love that. So how long uh, is a novel? How long is the novelette? The novelettes were about 20 to 25,000 words. So roughly 80 pages. I love that. Yeah, it was a fun way of publishing it um, and being able to start my tribe, so to speak, and right. uh, keep putting something out to... Right. Yeah, every... That is so much month. less intimidating. It is. Well, and, and like the idea was that 
if I could start building my tribe now, that would make me more appealing to a traditional publisher um, who my agent, which my agent was trying to uh, pitch other stories to. Okay. So, uh, so by publishing in four parts, I was able to keep putting my name out there every few months. Um, okay. <laughs> this is why I can share, Carla, just a little bit about how I don't have it together all the time. The, um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank the, you for not having it together. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate goal has been to publish each part every six weeks or so. Every oh, six my goodness. Weeks. That is brilliant. Which, <laughs> which the first two that that did happen with the first two um the first one was published in october the second one was published in december of 2015. the third one did not come out until may of 2016 and the last one did not come out till august of 2016. Okay. so there you can see i don't always get things done when they're supposed to be done <laughs> You know what? When things get the, the things get done when they get done. Okay, I have a question about this because you know I've thought about that. I thought, well, how cool would it be if I, you know, I had something and I just put out a chapter a month, you know? And when you e-publish, oh my gosh, that's it's simple. It's simple. But then you have to to bear in mind, okay, what am I going to charge my readers? So how how did you how did you con did you consider the price of the ebook and i'll get to the the hard copy in a minute so the ebook did you look at how many there would be overall and consider the cost overall and then split it up or are the prices different for different novelettes well for, for the novelettes um i just put the cheapest price that was available because my goal was okay. not necessarily to make money it right. was to get my name out there start right. building my tribe Okay. Um, so 99 cents was the cheapest I could go. And right. so that was what each novelette was uh, priced right. at. And then I, I had several free days throughout the year for each of them. So people could and just, that's brilliant. just to start reading it. I'm telling you, free days are absolutely brilliant. And people, again, if you don't write, you think, well, you're not making any money. I'm, oh, no, you actually make more money. Because you get those free days and you get people hooked into the whole situation. Now, as far yep. as the hard copy, how were you? And this is out in hard copy. I've seen it in hard copy. Am I crazy or have I seen? Yeah. I think I've seen this in hard copy. Okay, how did you manage to keep the price low enough on the hard copy so that once they finished, they had not spend spent twenty books, you know, uh, on on novelettes? Oh well, the Hmm. Trying to get how to answer that. Well, a lot. A lot Did of you people, set the price? Did you set the price, or was I'm it set not, for you? Did you personally no, set, set the, the price. price, or okay, good, good. I set the price. I went. I went through CreateSpace, and you get to set your own price. Okay, good. And they had they had a minimum of what it could be because of production okay. costs. Right. Absolutely. And I wasn't really worried about the people who had spent. Uh, money on the um, novelettes because I figured if they bought all of them, then they probably wouldn't be buying the the whole book anyway. Or if they had right. just bought a couple pieces, it's kind of like getting a sample for 99 feet. 
for that instance. I, I like that. You know. And, I, like um, I never thought about so, that. That's smart. Yeah, and then they with Create Space they had a well this is the production cost, so you can't you have to charge at least this much. Right. For, for the paper bag. And then I just added enough to keep me competitive and still make money. So um I think it's twelve ninety nine right now. And right. that was that's still cheaper than a lot of the what I would consider equivalents. Right. Um, Correct. So Correct. Uh, wow. Yeah, so it's cheaper but competitive. Boy, you have really got my brain turning on this because that's something that I have been thinking. Hmm. Hmm. See, I get a lot out of these interviews. I get more out of the interviews than the authors, and that's the truth. I will interview authors, and they say, "Oh, thank you for interviewing." I'm like, whatever. I just stole all your good ideas. You have no idea what you just did for me. Okay. Are you are you person? Are you personally doing okay on time? I'm okay on time on my end. We're going to go over a little over oh, yeah. thirty minutes. Are you okay with that? I'm okay. 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 Since you are able to break this up into smaller chunks, has your writing process changed between the first first novelette and as you progress through the novelettes, or do you have a pretty much a standard, hey, this is what works for me? I would pretty much have a standard, this is what works for me, because Bella Knock is actually my fifth book that I've written. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So I've had four books to kind of, get my writing routine and and the way I do things down. Now things change for me a little bit because I have kids and we're right. at a different stage now in our lives than we were, you know, ten years ago when I started writing. That's a tr I understand um, that. Yep. <laughs> now I have I you know, when I started writing I had one date well, I should say when I started writing seriously, I had a uh, a two or three month old baby mm -hmm. and that was it and my husband was yeah. deployed <laughs> yeah um and now i have a 10 year old a nine year old a six year old and my husband's no longer in the military <laughs> it's weird they just keep multiplying i know it's happened in this house I'm like how did these kids are these my kids it just keeps happening but you do. And you know, in some ways when they're little bitty, when they're like two, in some ways it was actually easier because they had that morning nap and they had that afternoon yeah. nap. And then you wake up one day and they quit napping. I don't know what happens. So you do have to pick and but choose your time. So, but go ahead. Okay, but then, then, and then there's a few years of they need more tending, but then they reach the age where you can leave them alone for an hour or two. That's right. And they'll be okay. Yes. Yeah, they do. Mine, mine are 10. I have two twins and they're to the place now that when they're quiet, that doesn't mean trouble. You know, there's ages exactly. that quiet is bad, but now 10 is good. Okay. As a My writer. Quiet. Oh, that's yes, that's true. Six year old. They're just now getting out of that quiet means danger stage. Okay. As an editor and a writer, how do you stop editing? How do you stand back and say, okay, I'm not making any more changes. This is really how it's going to be. I, I get caught in the loop of, you know what? I need to change that. You know what? I need to change that. So what advice do you have to tell somebody stop enough already? 
Oh, well, and I is it just me, or do you do that too? <laughs> do you have that uh, problem I too? That too? I think I all, all of them I do. do. Yeah. I okay, so how do you handle it? I have, I've developed my own little editing process where I have like with each, with each round of editing I do, I have certain things that I look for. Right. And which basically kind of goes down my own, you know, the own uh, editing funnel. So, you know, I start with characters and plot and then go down to copy editing and, and then do a proofread. And once I've done the proofread, I know that it's not perfect, but I have to let it go. And, right. And so, I, you know, there's probably still mistakes in there. But for the purpose of traditional publishing, it's going to go to my agent. So she will let me know if anything is too crazy, needs to be fixed. Right. And then, you know, assuming I get... Uh, signed at a publishing house, they're going to have their own editors go through it. So it's almost a waste of time for me to be nitpicking too much. You're so smart. You know, I don't have time (laughs) to waste time. Right, right. All right. Um, Now, you just signed with a publishing house, didn't you? Yes, I signed a three-book uh, contract with Elk Lake Publishing. Woohoo! Yes, I'm very and excited. is it that is awesome? And so, is this are these books going to be completely different from Bellinock, or or do you have an idea, or did they tell you what they wanted you to write about? Um, no, I uh, it's a it's a trilogy. It's a fan, it's another fantasy. Um, it's a trilogy. Um, the, I have already written the first book and that was what I pitched to Elk Lake and, um, they liked it enough. They bought the whole trilogy, even though I haven't written the second or third book yet. <laughs> Ooh, so, excellent. Yes. But do you know, okay, do you know now before having finished all of them, do you already know how it's going to end? Oh, yes. Oh, don't know. You're supposed to say no. I have no idea, but you do know. You have an idea in your head what each one is going to be and the ultimate conclusion of all three. Yes. Now to say that I know what's going to happen in the middle. That's another story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. Okay. Well, excellent. Okay. Well, Rayleigh, now we actually are kind of running out of time. All right. Tell folks how they can one more time. Tell them how they can find you again on social media. Okay, well, you can look up my name, Raylene Burke, R-A-L-E-N-E-B-U-R-K-E. And I am on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and I just love new followers. <laughs> oh, my word. Instagram, don't, I, it, it's overwhelming. I'm not a selfie person. <laughs> I, I, I can't stand that. But maybe somebody <laughs> like you can coach me through the whole process. Okay. It is, oh, in the book? Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Okay, tell folks how they could buy Bellinock. Where can they find that? Bellinock is on Amazon, both as a Kindle version and a paperback. And it's the only place that it's available right now, though we hope to change that maybe in the future. Good, good. Okay, 
it is a tradition on the Geek Block to end with some rapid fire questions. And folks don't know this, but it was Carice Ehrlichman. Do I assume it's an Ehrlichman instead of a wolf? Uh, Carice Ehrlichman that actually came up with that. So, hey, hats off to you, lovely gal. But we end the Geek Block with rapid fire questions. Are you ready, Raylene? No pressure. The world depends on it, but no pressure on, on you. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, better to fight off dragons, a crossbow, an iron net, or another dragon on a stick? A crossbow. <laughs> oh, okay, we'll go a crossbow. Okay, well now we're gonna go back to that crossbow. Better to fight off zombies, a crossbow, a katana, or friends that are slower than you? <laughs> oh, my poor friends. I would, they would never be slower than me. We're gonna go with crossbow again. <laughs> Worse to sit, ne sit next to on a transcontinental flight, an orc, the little Mucinex blog guy, or Jar Jar Banks? I'm going to go with orc. They probably smell. Ah, oh, see, Jar Jar Banks, I could not, I, I really, I would jump out the emergency door if I was sitting next to Jar Jar Banks. An orc, <laughs> maybe, maybe I could just stuff my nose. Last but not least, what is the worst superpower? Superhuman strength? only while wearing an unflattering swimsuit, or the ability to stop criminals only by spraying them like a skunk? I only know the second one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Unflattering swimsuit, okay, yeah, that's pretty bad. But, I mean, you have to have a whole, spe well, a whole. You have to have a whole special yeah, costume yeah. situation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is it for us on the Geek Vlog. Thank you, Raylene, for being on the show. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me, Carla. It's been a lot of fun. Good. Thank you. I'm glad you had fun. Folks, the book is Bellinock. You can look for it on um, Amazon. Spell Bellinock for us, uh, Raylene. It's B-E-L-L-A-N-O-K. Just like it's spelled. Just like it sounds. That's it for us on the Geek Vlog. Have a very happy Thanksgiving. I know I, for one, am very thankful for the show, and I'm thank you, uh, thankful for Linda Kozar, who four years ago put me on the show. And doggone it, I'm still here. I don't know if she's happy about that. I'm hoping she is, but I know I definitely am, because every time I interview an author, it is a blessing to me, that is for certain. So have a very blessed Thanksgiving, and have a wonderful day.